Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Do you like catching wintertime fish? Hey, if you've ever tried it, you do. And I've got on the program again today, Tommy Bench. He's uh, famous. Very good. Smallmouth fishing guide on the Upper Gasconade in the Missouri Ozarks. Hi, I'm Bill Cooper. I'm your host of Living the Dream Outdoors. And Tommy Bench, it's great to have you on the show again. I, I just love talking with you because I know I can always get good information out of you, good, reliable information. And you know what? I take some of the tricks that you, you've taught me over the years, and I go to other rivers. They still work. They still work. You betcha. Well, that's what I tell people. A river's a river. A smallmouth is a smallmouth. They have the same mentality. They're just in a different body of water. Yeah, and they're going to re- react just a, maybe a little bit differently. I've I don't know if it's just me, because sometimes, uh, like on the Merrimack, i got favorite baits, go to Gasconade. might be a little bit different, go to current, might be water, a little bit water different. Water clarity changes a lot in the forge. Exactly. Yeah. But it's uh, i fished with a lot of guides in my lifetime. It's always interesting to see what guides do differently. But we're talking cold weather fishing. You gave some tips about how to fish during the cold weather, but I know we didn't cover near all of them. Uh, I need those deep, deep secrets, you know. Okay, well. He's stuttering now. Yeah. You know, you know, when I start talking about wintertime spots, I don't really like to tell all. You know? Oh, well. There's, well, there's a thing or two I'd probably like to keep under well, my hat. Well, you can. I've got a map right here. You can put X marks to spot. Oh, okay. And the radio people can't see it. Gotcha. All right. I'll do that. And they can't. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, Corey, our old buddy, Corey Cottrell, he knows what I mean about keeping certain things under my Oh, hat. he's the most tight-lipped, small-mouthed fisherman I know. Well, him and I have went together several times, and I know there's there's times we'll look. he'll look at me and say, now, remember, this is one of these we keep under a hat. Said, yeah, yeah, but yeah, got it. See, he he really owes me. I promoted Corey all his life. I knew him when he was a little bitty guy, right. you know. And I always tell him, I you notice I even advertise for him on his pickup, and I want to fish with him so badly. I've never charged him a, a, a dime for advertising, but he's supposed to take me fishing ever so often. Well, it's been like two years since he's taken me, but he uh, he's. Uh, a great fisherman, but he really pulls some fast ones on me. And we get out on the rivers together sometime. He, uh, I always want to take his picture. Well, he looks around and, and for something that uh, people might recognize, he moves, you know. And then, uh, actually, one time on the hoods, all he caught a real nice fish, and he'll always take the bait out. He never wants me to take a photograph oh, of, of, course. of the bait. Always he does that. So it's one day, it was a really nice fish. I said, Leave that bait in his mouth. Okay. So he hooks it in there, and I take the photographs, and I get home. That rascal's got his hand over the bait. I still can't. I still can't. <laughs> boy. Yeah. Did you teach him that, Tommy? I bench? did. We taught uh, each other. Yeah. I bet. I bet so. But again, fishing the wintertime, I, I know the Gasconade is your favorite river, but that's not the only river no. you fish. What other streams do you like to fish? The Merrimack. Oh. And I'm, I mean, now that. Now that I'm more closer, I'm pretty much in a Salem area now. I'm really wanting to fish the current a lot more. Oh. That's Amy's. That's Amy's body of water, and really? that's her home. And so I'm I'm wanting to 
try to impress her a little bit by learning that water. And she may impress you. She might. So probably show me how to do it on that river. Yeah. That's fine too. Have I'm you not ever, too good to take advice from her. Have you ever? She fished, always gives me good advice. Yeah. Have you Excuse ever me. fished with Billy Smith out of Amherst? We've been talking. He's. Yeah. We've talked several times, and actually, that I think we're we're going to plan something real soon. I just talked to him about two weeks ago. Actually, good. Yeah, he called me the other morning, Billy. I try to run down there ever so often, and and I love going with Billy because he's not only a fabulous fisherman, you know, yeah, boy gives me always great material but that guy can cook really i think he's taking over my title better than no kidding yeah last time i was down there fishing wasn't that great that day but you know you can still have a great time the thing i love so much about billy smith is uh, he was raised in that area and man he knows the name of ever hollow what family was raised there and and he actually does tours uh you can you know, lots of folks out of the cities hire him just to take them on a tour up and down the current river. And uh, he'll tell them all the stories. Well, he worked for the Park Service yeah. for 30-something years, so he's got a lot of knowledge in that Ozark head of his. Plus, this last trip, the fishing wasn't uh, biting all that well, so we did a lot of catching up. We pulled over on a gravel bar. And Billy, lots of times, he stops at the, one of the local stores and gets deli meat and makes, you know, killer sandwiches. But you know what I had this day, Tommy? What was it? going to be envious. Walleye. No way. From the current? Well, it doesn't matter. I was just curious. Exactly. I I quizzed him about that. He wasn't sure. (laughs) I think he's fibbing to me, but he said, I think those come from Bull Shows or North Fork or somewhere. Yeah. Billy, you shouldn't lie to your best friends. No, you shouldn't do that. But <laughs> I, it ha- I would have. We're fishermen. Yeah, yeah, I would have. Hey, we automatically forgive each other for those those little stories, you know. But Billy's a fabulous guy, so hook up. Uh, do hook up with him. Oh, I'm going to. We like I said, we've talked about it, and we're we're planning on doing it multiple times this year, getting together and kind of enjoying it, you know, because he's a guide on the current, I'm a guide on the Gasconade exactly. and the Pining the Niangle. Because sure. I'm trying to expand a little bit. That's what I was going to talk about. Amy and I was talking about if I could pick four rivers in the whole state of Missouri. And these are my top four, I think. And the, the last one I'm going to mention is one that I know has a lot of potential because I have a lot of friends that live there, and I see results of all the fish they're catching. We were just talking about one, Billy Smith. But the four that I would choose, if I only had four, would obviously be the Gasconade, the Niangua, and the Merrimack, and then the Current. Those would be the four, my four, uh, my top four. Really? It's hard to go against the Big Piney, but I can— uh. I love the big piney. I do too. But I can legitimately say I said the Gasconade, so it, I can get to the piney from the Gasconade. Oh, you're cheating. Let's make it, let's make it five. <laughs> we'll make it five. <laughs> five. The big piney, oh, for sure. Awesome. But, yep. hey, there are some huge fish in the Jack's Fork and the Kern as well. And I have to tell the story of, you know, my buddy Ron Kruger, outdoor rider extraordinaire, that actually lived with me for about 18 months. And in the last year of his life, he lived down on not far from the Jack's Fork in a beautiful little log cabin way up on a bluff. Oh, I was so envious. But the one of the last float trips we made together, and we used to go for four or five days, you know, and uh, Ron really hoodooed me. He'd, he'd sit in front of the canoe and do most of the fishing. I'd paddle and cook. I cooked, and cook. I cooked for him, you know, and he'd uh, – I'd. I like to hit the bank about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, set up a nice camp, you know, and get dinner started. And I'll never forget one time. Uh, boy, it was cold, but I got up early in the morning. He's out there in his shorts wading the Jack's Fork fishing, and it's cold. I mean, I got a coat on, and I did have – and I had a little fire going, you know, cooking and all. But uh, he was flabbergasted when I served breakfast. You know, I had the pancakes and eggs and stuff. But you know what I had for meat? Black bear. 
Black Bear. Black Bear. I've never ate Black Bear before. Oh, Are you John? No. Oh, Frank Cox and I were talking no? on an edition a few weeks ago, and uh, I well, I'd given Frank some bear, and he's a cook extraordinary. But first time I'd cooked at Big Ham, and I oh, like fine roast beef. But my buddy Kruger was just enamored by this meal, you know, and I thought, oh, I got him. Hit his weak spot. He'll let me catch some fish now. We left. We were camped at Goose Bay. Goose Bay. Beautiful place. And that evening, man, around the campfire, there were ducks flying up and down. We saw otters, me, coon, heard turkeys fly up the roost. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw an eagle come down the river. And right at dusk, we heard an elk bugle it just kind of roll through the hills. Boy, the hair on the back of our neck stood up, you know, with, oh, man, that's so cool. But the next morning, while I'm cleaning up the dishes, Ron's still catching smallmouth. And I'm doggone, we broke camp down and loaded up the canoes. We took off from our float. And just there at Goose Bay, there's a big bluff and kind of curves out and there's a point there. And I had tied a brown-colored wigwort on my rod. And Kruger wanted to bet about everything. You know, he was going to mm-hmm. catch the most fish and the biggest fish. Well, I'm messing with my camera or something. He grabs my rod with that wigwort, makes a cast. And catch the biggest fish of the trip. Of course he does. He said, you owe me five bucks. I said, maybe 50 cents. <laughs> Stole my rod. <laughs> yeah, give him my wiggle war back, too. <laughs> you bet you. But best of luck, uh, get a hold of Billy Smith. But those four or five rivers that you talked about. Uh, now, i got to ask you, which is your absolute favorite? Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say the Gasconade. I knew that would be the answer. Yeah, the Gasconade by far. It's To me, it just it has... Uh, there's a lot bigger fish, I think, overall. And, and most of the guys, Schultz, Jeff Schultz, and a lot of the guys that we that I know that fish all these different rivers, they'll agree to that. It's probably the – it's got the biggest fish consistently. You're just going to see four- and five-pounders out of it. And so I, I can't go away from that. It's my home. But honestly, I'm going to say my next one would be the Merrimack. Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it didn't used to be. Five mm-hmm. years ago, the Niangua used to be my second one, not counting the Piney. I'm not counting the Piney on the situation, but I'm going to say. And the current, I don't have enough experience. This is very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just telling I think, you. I think it's intentional. Niangua would be my third. Okay. The Niangua used to be my second. Uh-huh. Is that still confusing? Sort of. I love the Niangua. Matter of fact, hey, you're where not she, kidding me. You love them all. I love them all. Where she caught her her first fish was on the Niangua. Really? Yes. Well, I yes, fished sir. the Niangua some. I was actually the naturalist at Bennett Springs State Park, probably before you was born. But uh, probably long time. I'm a ago. young pup, you but, know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I fished the Niangua some with a local guy. Then uh, we we caught some nice smallmouth. But I don't make it over that way uh, so much. I tend to. Stay close to home. Well, that's my neck of the woods. And, and so. I know, yeah. and and drift south a little bit. But smallmouth fishing, I got to ask you, who got you started smallmouth fishing? My brother. Your brother. My brother. My older brother. We would go together. Everyone's always thinking my dad taught me how to fish, and I've showed him a lot more about fishing than he'll ever show me. And not, nothing bad about that. He right. just, you know, he didn't get real big into it. And and we, my brother and I, learned together just reading magazines and encountering pe- folks like. You know, someone that's a lot more experienced than us on the river, right. and that's how I learned about a buzzbait. And uh, we went fishing all together. He got me into it, then he just kind of fell off and stopped fishing about twenty years ago. And now, I'm well, like, way now you, you catch got, all the fish. You got me obsessed with this, with this, uh, <laughs> this sport. And now you're now you're done. I'm out here fishing by myself again. So yeah, I've, I spent a lot of time fishing by myself. But isn't it great when you get time to float down a river by yourself and 
Do you slow down or speed up when you're by yourself? Slow down. Slow down. Yeah. You bet. And mm-hmm. drift by those familiar places, and I'm sure your mind rolls back. Do you think about people that you've took to particular places, or particular fish that you've caught over the years? You know, you mentioned that. It's a funny story, and I've, I've said this before, but I don't remember what we did yesterday. I, I mean, I'm not saying I don't remember at all. But that I doesn't gar- get any better, I can tell you that. But I guarantee you I can remember every little rock, log, crease, crevice, bend, where every fish was ever caught. When I'm going down the river, I bet I have 200 stories on that eight-mile stretch of, oh, I remember this spot. There's four or five stories I could tell you just from this one spot. Yeah, I remember everything about fishing. That's everything. A, that's the reason I fed you so well when I was on a trip where you I thought, I'll feed him so much he'll go to sleep and I'm going to have to listen to those stories anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not the truth and you know it. Nope. I'm full of stories and I'll never stop telling them. I hope you don't. Well, hey, I've got two out of you so far on a uh, podcast, Living the Dream Outdoors, and folks you can find us on all of the popular social media places and uh, hope you'll keep listening to us because, hey, I got to do this five days a week. We got to crank out a lot of material. Lot Tommy of Bench, coming. thanks for coming thanks on. Thanks for having me. Hey, tell us again how the people can get a hold of you 417 718 7716. Call me, text me anytime. I'm Bill Cooper, and this is Living the Dream Outdoors. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.